I feel like in editing, we might be taking out all the weird talk about who's writing the recap. <laughs> no, I, I will probably leave that. But I think people like that kind of stuff. All right. They can see a little behind the curtain. Hear the sausage being made. We need the... Oh, my God. Kudos to some RSL fans last night after the game. They, I mean, I walked out and like, hey, how's it going? Just and they started talking to me like, oh man, we're you guys are so good. We we so appreciate you know we know we know you guys got screwed, but it just means everything to us. Just to even make the playoffs with everything that's going on, and I just felt sorry for them, man. They just quite honestly like looked like really nice people that were just very pitiful. Wow, that is a wonderful place to start <laughs> yes finding some finding some pity on, on rsl even though we've limped into the playoffs here with three straight losses but yes that found some happiness that's what i keep you around for buddy hey. i think thad just got disinvited from benny fieldhopper's thanksgiving yeah no kidding <laughs> that was, rsl that was pitying us oh my rsl fans no no they were not pitying <laughs> us i was pitying rsl fans so thad what color what, what is the shade of blue this week after three straight losses how are you feeling buddy bright and optimistic happy sporting blue i don't know wow okay that's very good that's very good i'm feeling pretty good today myself how's the rest of the show feeling robert where are you at oh i'm feeling fine you're feeling fine i'm feeling fine it's a song i think okay good good take yeah david where are you at how are you feeling what shade of blue are you firmly indigo I don't know what, really what that means. I just know it's one of our shades of blue. Uh, I feel like crap, to be real honest. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was looking for. The team has looked real bad, and and the handball, I mean, I don't think it's any secret how I feel about our league's officials, whether it's missing Tim Milia's body slam or Amadou Dia's, you know, attempt to murder Bebo Reynoso, or, like, the most obvious handball since Maradona. The consistent inability to get the calls right um, is, I think, one of the really big things holding this league back. The inability to police the game on a regular basis and missing just basic, basic stuff like this. Um, and it's really disappointing because it costs us first place. It just doesn't make sense to me that I, I, we're still having the same conversation. Like, I, we had this conversation a year ago, two years ago of, how can we all be looking at this screen and they still get the call wrong? That was, you know, that was two years ago. We, we've advanced. Why is VAR seemingly not getting any better? How does this happen? Cody putting on his Peter Vermees hat. <laughs> he sounded a lot like him there. <laughs> yes, we'll get, we'll get to the Peter Vermees ranch for sure. Were you, were you reading <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. But my favorite part of that, was I, I, you know, I was looking for it. I hear, I heard about it and I go on the Sporting KC website for their, the quotes from the press conference that they always put out. And it just says Sporting Kansas City manager, Peter Vermees, opening comments, and then just an absolutely massive wall of text. <laughs> <laughs> just a wall, just a novel. They typed a novel. Peter Vermees ranted an entire novel about it. And hats off to sporting pr because it was a lot of things to put in there 
And as far as I can tell, they did not delete anything. They did not edit it out. Other, you know, I mean, they made it clean. Not that he cursed, but I mean, just made it into actual <laughs> sentences. So kudos to them for doing all of that. Yeah, Vermees knows what he wants to say. He, he, he said what he meant, and he is going to probably stand by most of it. Maybe, like you said, maybe a couple of the curse words he would <laughs> not want to have on official documentation. But yeah, he, he was angry, and rightfully so. Uh, that was the difference between a buy and third place. And I know you, we can argue about the goal that came later, but obviously, you know, the, the flow of the game would have been very different. And yes, they did concede that goal, but oh my gosh, it just, I don't think that that can take away any of the frustration. The game, the game would have been theirs in their hand and so would have first place and a bye. Yeah. Okay. So here's my question. I have plenty of questions, but here's one of them. Who would have taken the PK? That's a good question. It's a fun question. Yep. Good job. Ilya has 20. I mean, yeah, it would have been Daniel, right? Yeah. Uh, I would have picked Ilya myself. Yeah. I, I would, I would as well, but I feel like it would have, Daniel would have not let anyone else take it. But that would have ruined it, man. He didn't take any all year. Yeah, I don't know the way his finishing was. I mean, he wasn't certainly as sharp as he's been. You know, he was on a streak uh, the last couple of games. So I don't know if he would have grabbed the ball, to be honest with you. No, that's a it's a valid question because there was, he had a chance earlier in the game that Daniel Shallowy of a month ago would have buried it without thinking about it. And it looked like a kind of a passive shot because he had, you know, lost the flow after being out for a couple of weeks. I would say two chances that was like that. He had two of them that could have went in. Yeah. And one in Austin as well. So let's, I want to make sure we cover PV's rant well enough. What was everyone's favorite part of it? What's the parts we can't miss here? Just in case anyone didn't, didn't get to it. What was the, what, what's like a, a specific point that stood out to somebody? I guess I guess you're saying I surmised it pretty quickly as I as I introduced well, it. You know, I, I like the general theme that it's a conspiracy theory against us, the small market of Kansas City. Um, so it's tough to pick out one particular gem, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I gotta say I'm a little disappointed, uh, and I probably will defend PV more than most, but I think he undermines the overall point, which is that our referee organization is garbage when he then turns it into a conspiracy theory, especially because, I mean, we did get the benefit against Seattle and Minnesota um, with retroactive reds, but, you know, Amelia getting to play out the end of the, of the Seattle game certainly gave us an advantage. So I didn't love the conspiracy theory, but I do like that our podcast has now touched on a few conspiracy theories uh, since we talked Kennedy assassination a couple of weeks ago, (laughs) you know, I I guess I think, we're slowly morphing away from sporting and into conspiracy theories in Botswana, and I'm here for it. You guys have, this is why I started a podcast was to talk about ridiculous things like this. No. So my favorite, I think my favorite part of, of the rant is just how he ends it where he just keeps repeating, just go look at the video. He says it like five times in the last couple of pairs. It's just because that's it. That's the bottom line there. I don't understand how you can mess that up. No person on the planet can look at that video and mess that up except for, the one guy or gal on the planet that did look at it. Two, two. 
there's two VARs. There's an assist, assistant VAR. So there's two a of them. VAR and an and AVR. An AVAR. Yes. So there are two human beings that looked at that and said, nah, play on. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the audacity, the thought that in this a game of this magnitude that your one opinion is the one, only one that should matter, you and your assistant or whatever. You shouldn't have somebody else look at it. That to me is just, that's vain and wrong. Yeah, and on, also on the rant, you could see him warming up to it when he was talking to Allie on the sideline after the game. He, had, he hadn't quite seen the video yet, but he knew, you know, I think he could hear everyone's conversation. He knew something was up and he was, he was keeping it together a little bit. You could see he was angry. He was ramping up a little bit. And then, yeah, by the time he got in front of that podium and had seen it and heard the guys get all pissed off about it. Yeah. It was, it was off and running after that. Well, I think for me, his most, the strongest point was about how just a large impact this has, I mean, the galaxy, because of this, they are out of the playoffs, etc. I mean, yeah, sure, they didn't grab the playoff mantle like Sporting didn't either, uh, like they should have. But uh, still, it impacts. It's a wide range of people that are impacted here. This just the series of events. It's all just so insane. The fact that RSL scored it just that just adds an, an extra level of um, you know I don't even know the right word for it it just adds to the intrigue of the moment that they scored and it just impacted the other side of the table and man it was I just I just honestly can't believe like I said we we've been talking about issues with VAR for so long and the fact that they can still make make a mistake like this I, I don't get it like for me said look at the video all right so I, I got two points on the VAR um one is because it's decision day, and I hate that term because every game is supposed to matter exactly the same, especially according to all the assholes that said you shouldn't have lost all those other games. But anyway, that meant because all those teams, every team played on that day, that meant that essentially every ref under the sun that was available, and then because there's also a bunch of college games and stuff going on at that same time, all of them had to be in play. So, but... I had somebody look at the, the VAR and the AVAR both had at least 50 games under their belt. So it wasn't like they were brand new professional referees or anything, but, but that is probably why we had some issues is because there was not necessarily their first, first choice assistants out there or VARs out there. Experience, but not necessarily good experience. They could have messed up in every single one of those games. <laughs> yeah. And we've heard rumors that, they may have been disciplined in some way that reduces their amount of pay in the future. Um, don't know if any of that is true. Right. Yeah. That would, that would be good to, good to hear. And you would think that wouldn't be something that the league would want to quiet. They would want to, you know, they would yeah. want to let people know someone is being held accountable for an obvious mistake. Yeah. It, you run into issues with legal stuff about employment and mm -hmm. I don't, you know, sure. I, I know that that's always an issue with certain things. Uh, so, but a question I, I, to throw out there is some leagues and some tournaments have basically had a centralized VAR. Would that be a better thing? So you have people who have consistent VAR experience, you know, you, you still need more than one because you have, you know, 10 games going on at the same time or whatever, but maybe you have people who that is just their job and they had, can have a consistent feedback and process. And it's a consistency, not a, Eh. 
wasn't was that not the original idea wasn't the the var headquarters in new york and that every there every game was being looked at in new york or am i confusing football was that football baseball i know nfl does that right but i mean certain leagues and certain tournaments around the world have done that so well i don't want to give nfl too much credit but they something they've done and it's just in the last few weeks or so is they've cut out some of the nonsense with the reviews. There's just someone that's looking like whenever. So, so now whenever we're all watching the replay, there's an official that's also watching it. And so before, instead of this whole charade of a five minute review, there's just a person that's like, no, that wasn't, you know, he caught it in bounds or whatever. And they just move on. And that, that has helped leaps and bounds there. And it just seems like there are some common sense things you can, well, you know, I don't even know how, how can you, what, what is there even to solve in this situation unless, like we're saying, you can discipline someone because there's nothing else you can fix. If someone doesn't see that handball, the hands wiggle and, you know, all of that. Like, if someone doesn't see it, they don't see it. You can't, there's no systemic problem you can fix in there. Just hire better referees, MLS. Yeah, I think it's interesting to note, though, that the head VAR for this game, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I don't want to put money in the fine jar, Uh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. A fourth Sorry. official since Robert 2017. Hasn't been an AR since 2017. Um, you know, he's he's got experience, but it's all old. Uh, and I may or may not have Googled this person. And his LinkedIn comes up, and he has, like, a full-time other job. Yeah. Like he's not <laughs> official. And so – Well, a lot of those officials are not – I mean, a lot of those officials have other jobs because – they're only refereeing at certain times of, you know, so, I mean, there are a lot of them in some defense. That's the, you, you have a good point, but in some defense, a lot of them do have other jobs. Continue. Well, is that part of the problem that we can't pay them enough? That, that's not the case with premier league refs, right? They're, those are just referees. That's their job. That's what they live in. I, I wouldn't doubt that eat. some of them have other jobs also. Well, well that I, is shocking. I think it's true in most like leagues, you know, uh, yeah. who the NFL official who was super uh, jacked, Ed Hockley. He was a lawyer in the offseason. But I think the pay was better, uh, you know, in in some of these other leagues for sure. But, you know, maybe the solution is to have, you know, everything centralized in New York. And there's a manager for VAR. He puts out YouTube videos, you know, to celebrate all the times VAR got it right um, and never all the times they got it wrong. But, you know, Somebody needs to be watching this. I mean, it's it's inexcusable how many just in sporting cases, you know, what three of our last five games alone, that there's been a clear, clear issue and it just goes missed. I mean, if it's the whole point of having VAR. Because if we're gonna get it wrong, let's just go back to the way it was before, where we weren't having massive stoppages and just let them run around, you know. Let's go back to 2016 when Seattle can beat us in the playoffs in an offside uh, goal. And then we can all be upset, but at least there won't be a VAR to blame. If we're not going to use it right, why bother? Man, we worked in an Ed Hockley reference. (laughs) Unnecessarily buff Ed Hockley. Maybe is that what MLS is missing? Just absurdly large referees. I think they have uh, Ismail Elfath. He's pretty Yeah, Yeah, Elfath is a big dude. MLS's website only has part of the playoff schedule out. Which it, Sporting think, actually just sent it out. Bummer. I had a great concern <laughs> that the league was going to, to go full USL championship, award us the penalty, go back in time, and that 
we'd get a cool like tweet that LAFC's or LA Galaxy are in the playoffs now. Especially breaking right on the podcast. That would have been perfect. <laughs> um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I, I think we actually might have mentioned it in one of our previous pods, but uh, two teams in USL were playing. Uh, there was a restart, passed it back to somebody who then passed it back to their keeper who missed it and it went into goal. Off a restart, you can't score in your own goal. So they, uh, they the referees initially called it a goal, which is the right call. They then decided that you can't score off of a restart and they put the ball at the corner spot, which then everything went awry and uh, it totally changed the whole playoff picture. So they went back and had the teams start with the guys that the team, one team had essentially scored the goal and start from that point. But that play that puts so much weirdness into everything. What if you have a player that's been hurt since then and can't play that next game or in that game, you were playing your second string guy because your first string guy was hurt. Who's now healthy. How do you do that? You know, and do you put 20,000 people back in the stands to root for that last five minutes of the game? Yeah, I expected nothing like that here. It's I've, you know, accepted that it's just one of those things that happens. And because of all the reasons you just said, there's no way, you know, we can get it back, but it would be good to hear there was some accountability. So, okay. How about this? We're going to get all the negativity and all the sadness and self-loathing about referees out of the way in this first segment. So do we have any final takes here? Who wants to, who, any, any last rants, anyone want to be sad and we can all just have a safe space. I, I actually do not want to rant on the refs. I want to say as much as we criticize them, they do mostly a good job. And the more, the more we complain about refs, the less refs there are right now, youth soccer, high school soccer, college soccer is struggling to have refs right now. So as much as we complain about refs, go be a ref. No, we got bone, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's jump into no more self-loathing. Let's take some accountability here. We can actually talk about this loss and then how they lost three straight to end the season here. So David, you have a point to talk about here. Something you wrote down was about Barber's play. And I'm glad you did because when I immediately like not even long into the match, I just had a sinking feeling that was just like, man, Barber is just not it. <laughs> I mean, that that's my take also. I like him better than I like Connor Hallisey, but that's a pretty- <laughs> uh, oh man. If we're yeah, if we're comparing him to Connor Hallisey, like it's already over. Things are not going well. <laughs> yeah. Connor takes just, a lot of grief in this podcast. You know, people are real mad that Amelia body slammed rolled on, but I think we should all be mad that we could have had rolled on on our team to be body slammed by somebody else, but instead picked Connor Hallisey, Saad Abdul Salam, and Amadou Dia. Uh, but no, so, you know. All th- wait, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> all three of them were picked over him or in the uh, same draft? I think Dia was picked after rolled on, but the other two were picked before rolled on. Oh, no. I do remember. I, I remember we've cited the Connor Hallisey draft as, as a mistake before, too. I don't remember that about Roldan, though. Those were dark times. Uh, you know, people have been have been clamoring a lot for Barber to play. Uh, I have not seen it this year from Barber. Uh, he runs real hard. He's wearing his dad's shirt, not unlike uh, Juan Pulaski. But 
if you look at kind of the advanced stats on the game for him, it showed that he basically just ran around a bit while, you know, he wasn't making a lot of progressive passes. He wasn't carrying the ball forward. And then when you look at, you know, how well he pressed, he, he attempted 13 pressures and he was successful on five, which was the lowest of our starting line. Um, wasn't particularly active in the defense. Uh, he had, I think, no. one tackle, no interceptions. And so he got out there and ran around, but I don't think he's got the end product. I don't think he – I don't see the flashes that maybe other people see, and I'd be curious what your guys' thoughts are. Um, but I think I this, love that take. I absolutely love that take. He got out there and ran around. That's solid analysis. That's like – that's how I would describe it, too. He got out there and ran around. Not necessarily very fast either, but he was out there. He ran around. That was kind of like two out of three forwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you just want to drop that. No follow up. You just wanted to drop that and then just fade away. I just want to see if anybody commented. Well, do you have a comment? Do you want to do? Is there someone you want to call out? Is there someone you want to talk to? Safe space, Thad. Safe space. Oh, I'm never worried about that, man. (laughs) There's Um, there's zero chance he could be talking about Kyrie Shelton, right? I thought he was talking about Shallowy. Shallowy had shots. Irie took one early. Yeah. And then he He made that opportunity through his pressure for Shallowy later. That was was good. Yeah. No, and I'm actually usually a Kyrie supporter, but I just don't feel like he's been – he's not been what we've needed when Polito's out this year. Right. Well, this this show is generally very Kyrie positive. Yeah. And that is a good point because I think in the last few games, we've been fine to acknowledge he hasn't played as good as he has in the past. And that is probably part of the issue. Yeah. We've needed someone to step up there when Polito hasn't been there and Kyrie's kind of had a bit of magic for better or for worse. So, you know, if it's not, whether it's not what you want him to be doing, it's, there's definitely been a bit of magic that the team wins when he's on the field and it seems that has maybe faded away here, at least in these, in this stretch run. And I would also like to go back and defend Connor Hallisey for just a second. (laughs) (laughs) And I do this every time he gets lambasted too bad. He was never supposed to be starting that year. We were supposed to have Brad Davis and um, that other guy who never played, but like 27. Yes. He played like 27 minutes or some shit. Um, they were supposed to be alternating out there and he ended up having to, and I think there was somebody else even that got hurt. Um, but he ended up having to play out there way more than he was supposed to for a rookie out of college. He was supposed to be playing down at Swope park and seeing if how he developed. And once he got the yips, man, he just, he never got any confidence back. I, he, I could see him in practice making goals and doing these things. And then once he got on the field, he wouldn't even take the shot anymore. So, I think it was just a confidence thing. He was he was put into a spot where he couldn't succeed because he what he was just didn't have the experience, and then he was never able to get it back. So Hallisey hopefully that's not the case. Confidence for sure. Hallisey always had that look in his eye or a lack thereof, perhaps <laughs> the wrong look in his eye. The yeah, you could just tell it wasn't it wasn't there. He didn't have the the fire what? to do it. 
Well, I think it originally, I, I think it was started. originally there. It just that once he, once he had some problems and, you know, I don't know, he read criticism or, you know, he just got in his own head or what, but he just never was able to get that confidence back. Okay. But he could look okay, okay in practice. Yes. That's, I feel like that's enough Connor Halsey today. <laughs> yes, Connor, we don't hate you. I'm sorry. We pick on you. I defend him all the time. I'm sure he listens. Yeah. So moving on. Enough Connor Halsey. Thad, did you have any that uh, you wanted to jump back there to Connor Halsey? Did you have another? Did you have anything else on that for us? About Connor? No. <laughs> any other thing? Any anything else on the RSL loss? Gameplay, not complaining about referees. Just I mean Are you just talking to Thad or are you talking to all of us? Let's talk about Thad. I think I, he's yeah, he's 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 got me targeted. Um that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It, Again, I usually defend the team at least to a certain extent, but they were not – they should have been able to roll over RSL yesterday with even one person standing out, and nobody really stood out. And, and I think it started right from right from the start. David, I feel like the team did not come out of the gates as well as we needed to in such a big match. No, I don't think they did either. Um you know, we had a couple shots early. Uh, Kyrie had, I think, two in the first five minutes. Um, and then, you know, things kind of settled in. Um, yeah, I but, guess that's true. We're literally right off the bat, they did. And then, and then it seemed like that woke up, maybe that woke up RSL. But, I, you know, I think one of the issues we had, and, you know, I think all of our issues come back to this concept of depth and the lack of meaningful depth that we have. But without Kinda, without Polito, without Johnny, there's a lack of creative of creativity on the team. And I actually think it was a mistake to set up Walter as the deepest of the midfield three. Um, I'd say that this year he's probably shown the most creativity of, you know, between him, Roger, Ilya, and and Maury. You know, he's yeah. he's probably the the best replacement for Gotti if we're not if Gotti's not on the field. And we put out three eights slash sixes. And so, you know, there was nobody in the midfield to pull strings. There was nobody to give service to Kyrie and Kyrie can't create on his own. Um, it was just flat. It didn't look like they cared to win. Well, to the, to that point, isn't that a huge problem? If Jose Mari is not that guy, not the proper fill in there behind Gotti Kinda. He's not, he never was supposed to, I don't think he's ever, he should never be considered to be the proper person behind Kenda. So then who is that person? You you were on the Remy Walter Voltaire Busio. as well. Busio. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Busio's gone. I know. Uh there was actually one player that played last night with a little bit of spark. And he had what, you know, five minutes or whatever. I forget when he subbed in. Cameron Duke. Ding. <laughs> All right, so I mean, in in this mode we're talking about here, I know it's a little bit of a crazy idea, and it's sad that we had to uh, go to this part. At least it's where my brain went. But here's what I was thinking about the 70th minute, maybe a little before. If anybody's going to score out here, Graham Zuzi is is a candidate in my mind at this point. Sadly, so my idea was let's go back three. Let's put Zuzi in the right wing so we can cut in with his right foot. Slide Shallowy to center forward, slide Shelton out to the right wing. I mean, that was my thought. That's how bad it got. 
It's a good, not a bad thought. Have we had that Graham Zussi stunner <laughs> yet this season? He's always good for about one a year, right? <laughs> I mean, if if I thought that Vermees was ever willing to deviate tactically, that's a good <laughs> idea, right? Uh, because Zussi, I mean, he's probably not the guy to play right wing year for a full year. No. But idea the ability to push him up because he is more creative or even to push him into the midfield you know yeah right play him play him as a as one of the dueling eights uh and at least that was my other idea yeah at least have somebody with an idea but then who plays in the back who would you have subbed on the back line i would have gone with three in the back i think Issy could have held down the right side well enough with uh, Fontes in the middle, Martins on the left. Uh, we might have lost something as far as circulation of the ball to width a little bit, but at that well, for point... for how long I, are you talking? Are we talking the last, you know, 12 minutes of the game? Because No, could get I'm talking the last that. 20 at least. But the other thing is, is remember, a tie, a loss, it didn't matter as far mm-hmm. as standings went. Either one, we had to get the win. Well, and I think that is also another concerning point from the game, is that you know, certainly the team and the, and the coaching staff has to know the game stayed around the league, right? They had to know that Seattle was level, Colorado was winning, and that we needed to win. And that a tie or a draw or, or a loss was meaningless. It didn't affect anything. And it didn't seem like we were really pushing forward, that we didn't have any sort of real urgency to get forward and to just, you know, really press the attack. Uh, and, and I don't know what the downside would have been. You know, you leave yourself open at the back, but a loss doesn't hurt you any differently than a draw does. Yeah. We didn't seem to go for it. Oddly enough, RSL didn't really seem to be pushing it until the very end either. And they're the, one, they're the ones who absolutely needed to, to win to even make the playoffs. And I would just wonder if it was kind of a waiting game to see which one pushed forward first in order to counter the other. I mean, I don't know if I totally agree that we weren't pushing forward enough. I just don't know if we were had the creativity to do it. That's the difference. <laughs> but, I mean, Duke had a chance strike when he came on. We had a couple of chances late. Uh, we just didn't put him away. Yeah, we had, had a couple of chances. Yeah. I mean, they were they were building up. It just was – it wasn't like there was a lot of uh, – it wasn't a ton of urgency. They were, they were pushing forward, but there wasn't a sense of urgency. How about that? I mean, we only had three shots in the last 15 minutes plus stoppage time. Martin yeah. had a shot blocked. Duke had a shot that was off target and shallow. We had what is described as a wayward shot by <laughs> people at football ref. So what'd you guys think of that Zuzi free kick that touched nobody? Nobody got near it. Just dropped to the, to the turf. You know, you know, I'm used to us not doing anything on our, on our free kicks. <laughs> and so. Yeah. But that went through four people. Yeah. Two and two. So, gentlemen, here we are again. At the end of the season, Sporting KC did very well. And now they have limped into the postseason. Am I wrong about this? Is, is, it, is it a self-fulfilling prophecy that we have as Sporting Kansas City fans that it just seems like they do well and then limp into the playoffs? Or, like, if we look back, will we find this pattern of – the last several years that they've limped into the playoffs last year might've been the exception, but I know that that is the general rule of thumb or the thought of Peter Vermees running his players into the ground. And then they, they limp into the playoffs and 
you know, don't have enough juice left to finish out the season and all of that. So where, where, where are we at? What, what happened here? Is that the, that was the overall thing Kyrie started. That's the best thing that we've said so far is that Kyrie's magic is gone. What else is, what else has changed? Daniel got hurt, I guess, but then he, he, he came back for this. But he's not back, back. True that. So, um, you know, the, the only one that's been carrying sporting over the last 10 games is Johnny. Um, he's been scoring, you know, Daniel's been all right for some of that, been hurt for some of that. We've been missing Polito. Uh, Kenda has had flashes here and there of being good and flashes of not, and then being hurt. It's, it's concerning in that regard. If Polito's not going to step on the field and start, sliding balls through traffic for goals. I don't know that they go deeper than a, you know, past Vancouver. Can this team as it is without Polito and without Shallowy scoring a goal every game, can they beat Vancouver? Absolutely. Absolutely. In Kansas city. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the conversation is how many pieces are we going to be missing? And can we win without Polito? Absolutely. If Johnny's healthy or even, you know, 85%, if Shally's 85%, if Keen is available, you know, we have plenty of pieces to beat Vancouver without Polito. If we are missing Gotti, if Johnny's not right, the task is a lot, a lot tougher. But, you know, I think you asked the question at the beginning of the conversation, which is, are we limping into the playoffs? And, you know, there's this narrative that we always limp into the playoffs that we peak too early and that, you know, Vermees's teams get run into the ground. But, you know, I think there's almost two eras of the team to look at, you know, there's the, the 13 to 17 era uh, where we were limping into the playoffs every year and we were getting four seeds and five seeds and getting knocked out really quick. But then, you know, in 2018, was it 2018, we won the West. Mm-hmm. And that's when we uh, ended up getting bounced in the conference finals by Portland. And to finish that season out, we went, it was draw, draw, win, win, win. And then we all know 2019 didn't exist. (laughs) 2020, you know, we finished the season with draw, win, win, draw, win. Yeah. I don't think we can use 2020 as an example though, because there was a lot of, there was games in there they didn't play because of, uh, you know, teams testing positive and games postponed. And that one, they, you, if for the people who will say that Vermees drives their players and his players into the ground, 2020 can't be really example because it was such a off year and breaks and things like that. So, right. I'm not making that case. I'm just trying to be honest for both arguments. And we, do we think, do any of you think that that is the issue now? Are the players tired? Is that part of this? Well, when you have that many players listed as questionable, lower body injury coming into the last game, I think so, yeah. I mean, they're human, right? I mean, what was the count? How many games in the last 16 days or more? Mm -hmm. Five, six? I mean, they're human. And I think the concept was this, and it's a solid concept. With three games left, we had our destiny in our own hands. We needed seven points max 
assuming that Seattle won both their games, etc. So what did Vermese do? First game in that uh, the game in hand, he put his starters out there. Let's get those three points now. Yeah. Okay. Next game. Oh, well, we need to get the three points now. Let's not wait until that last game. So mm-hmm. you can understand him doing that. And the impact it had, well, there you go. So you're you're feeling that his position was pushed a little bit, that he was almost forced into doing that. Well, if it was you, wouldn't you do the same thing? Would you wait until the last home game you know, the season to try and win the conference, or would you try to go for it right away, hope it works out well, and then get your players rest? Well, considering that all three of those games should have been winnable at Minnesota, at Austin, and then yeah. the really Salt Lake people here, yes, they should have all right. been winnable. With It is still a question, like, again, I know that they have – professional sports scientists that know all of this stuff way better than we do, but it does, it always does feel like maybe they should have rested a couple of those guys and went with a couple other people at some point or subbed in earlier when the game wasn't, but he's always going to go for that win. That's a, a strength and a flaw. Right. But the other thing is too, I mean, even if Polito comes back in the playoffs guys, first game back, not playing in a while, he's not going to be sharp. Granted, he'll probably be an improvement over Shelton as far as certain aspects of the game go, but <laughs> he's not going to be that sharp, probably. And he probably won't be able to play that long. But he's, he's got two weeks. He, but he, will he be sharp? He so much tactically, even if he's not sharp. Yeah. Dragging guys out of position. Every time he drops deep into the midfield to collect the ball, you know, he's more of a threat than anybody else is. And it, I think he opens up space for Johnny and for Daniel. I agree, but even the last couple of games he did play when he was coming off an injury or whatever it was, he wasn't that sharp and he only played, what, 15, 20 minutes here or there? So. Yeah, like 15 hey, and 30. What, this is what we get an expensive Mexican striker for, right? He doesn't need the, <laughs> doesn't need the perfect environment. He's a skilled player. He's worth, worth $10 million, and he can come in a little rusty and bang in a goal, right? Isn't that what we got <laughs> this guy for? Well, I think the whole thing that encompasses this all, and I'm going to use a Ted Lasso reference. Of course, they stole it from somebody else, but it's the hope that kills us, guys. We get our hopes up, and then it comes crashing down, and we're just pissed off and disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and with all the negativity around how the season ended and things that could have been better, should have been better, whatever – they finished third in the West, fourth in the overall table. It was a good season. There's lots of entertainment to be had. Yeah. If we could step away from our the entitled sporting fans that we all are <laughs> as, as this fan of a winning team, can you just like imagine at the beginning of the season, if someone told you that Sporting KC would be, have 30 minutes to score one goal to win the Western Conference in the final game. You would be like, hell yeah, that sounds like a good season. I will take that. First or third? First or third? First or third. Colorado, are you kidding me? Yeah, no Colorado. kidding, man. Just, Congrats just, to Colorado, I, man. I tried to speak it into existence last week in the podcast. Like, keep underestimating them. Oh, they're, you know, they can never do it. I thought I, if I set it into the world, it wouldn't happen. And they still did it. Snuck in at the very end. And I never once believed in them. I still don't. I think <laughs> if if Chalk wins out and we play Seattle in the 2-3 matchup, that's the Western Conference Final. I just don't think the Rapids have a match winner. I don't think a single guy on their team 
can go out and win you a game. I don't believe yeah, it. I still think there's a score correction coming and that they didn't actually get first place. <laughs> <laughs> they scored five goals. It's got to be a fix. Anything to shake this foot I'm in My football team's got me drinking My football team's got me drinking My football team's got me drinking